Brought to you by the Real Estate Board of Greater Vancouver. Standards Matter, a podcast about professionalism and accountability in real estate. Standards Matter, Episode 7, A Matter of Reputation. The following scenario is inspired by a real professional conduct case. Some details have been altered for storytelling purposes, and we've removed all identifying information to respect the privacy of those involved. After pulling her last open house sign out of the grass outside of a busy intersection on a Saturday summer's evening, Jess Betts of Sky Real Estate Services finally considered hiring an assistant. In the past few years, Jess had grown her business from a part-time endeavor into a highly successful career. From first-time buyers on a budget to downsizing sellers, she gave every one of her clients personalized, professional service. And while this white-glove service resulted in happy clients and referrals, it made her schedule hectic. Jess hadn't had a day off in weeks, and she was working well into the evening each day. Now was the time, she thought, she had enough income to make an assistant salary worth it. As she placed the signs in her trunk and slammed it shut, her phone buzzed. It was a message from her client, Rav, a seller Jess had worked with before. The message read, we need to talk. Jess sighed. She knew exactly what it was about. She was about to get fired by a client, and it wasn't her fault. Welcome to the Standards Matter podcast, brought to you by the Real Estate Board of Greater Vancouver. In each episode, we explore scenarios inspired by a real professional conduct and arbitration cases to give you practical insight on how to strengthen professionalism in real estate and serve your clients better. I'm your host, Andrea Westaway. This episode, we look at cooperation and reputation and how frustration over a colleague's business model can escalate into damaged reputation and fines. Now, back to the case. Bill Jones of MG Realty was old school. He'd been in the business longer than most, and he had a reputation for being a no-nonsense and relentless advocate for his clients. But Bill was winding his career down, and he found himself referring new clients out to his younger, hungrier colleagues. Instead, Bill wanted to focus more on his long-standing and more sophisticated clients, like Carla. Bill and Carla went way back. She was one of his first clients and stuck by him over the decades. In the past few years, Carla had begun to invest in real estate. And every time she bought or sold, she'd bring Bill in. The two worked well together. She was the exact type of client Bill liked. She knew the market. She knew the process. She just needed an advocate and an expert to help her execute. And that's where Bill excelled. So, when Carla called Bill asking if he was available to help her find a new investment, he jumped at the chance. Carla's needs were simple. She wanted something for the long term that she could easily rent out, preferably a condo or a townhome. After going over her budget, Bill and Carla both started to scout. While driving around town, Bill noticed a for sale sign outside of a townhouse complex in Burnaby. It was a bit older but looked meticulously maintained. He pulled up the listing on the MLS right away and saw that it was within budget and that the strata allowed rentals. Not only that, but the interior looked to be in great condition, at least from the photos. And at first glance, the strata documents showed the complex was well run. 
He sent the listing over to Carla, and by the time Bill was home, she had replied asking him to set up a showing as soon as he could. If the place looked good in person and the home inspection went well, she wanted to put an offer in right away. Bill got to work. He pulled up the listing again to check for the listing realtor's contact details. In the realtor remarks, in all caps, he saw the phrase, touch base only. He sighed. He hated using messaging services like TouchBase when a phone call was quicker and more personal. He decided to phone the listing realtor instead. <phone rings> Jess was in the middle of a showing when her phone rang. It was an unknown number. She politely excused herself and answered. The man on the other end introduced himself as Bill Jones and asked if he could set up a showing the next day for the townhome she was listing. Jess was frustrated. She had specifically put a note on all her listings requesting contact by TouchBase only. It was the only way she could handle all the incoming requests she was getting in any organized fashion. She felt like calling to ask was a waste of time, especially because she always ended up booking her showings through TouchBase anyways. She told Bill this and that she'd have to check with her seller and get back to him. Bill was obviously taken aback by this, but Jess didn't really have time to deal with him. As he started to question why she was blowing him off, she reiterated that appointments had to be made through TouchBase only and hung up. Jess took a deep breath, recentered herself, and went back to her showing. Bill was shocked when the call ended. He felt like Jess was not only being completely dismissive and rude, but wasn't properly serving her client. Here he had a motivated buyer and Jess didn't seem to care. Bill thought, what would Jess's seller think of her dismissive attitude? That's when it hit Bill. He should just call the seller. That way he could set up the showing and deliver for Carla. Immediately he called the number of the seller Rav. Bill introduced himself and explained the situation. Well, he explained how he saw the situation, that Jess was refusing to set up a showing for a motivated buyer. Rav was shocked. He had used Jess before, and he'd always thought of her as a diligent worker. He, of course, set up the showing and told Bill he'd let Jess know. When Bill ended the call, he was happy with what he was able to pull off. He contacted Carla to let her know it was all taken care of. Bill settled down for the afternoon to go through some paperwork. A few hours later, he received a call from his broker, Marv. Bill had known Marv for almost as long as he'd been in the business, and the two got along well. But when he answered the phone, Marv wasn't his usual jovial self. Marv had received a complaint from Sky Real Estate, saying that Bill had contacted one of their realtor's clients directly. Bill admitted that he'd done that and explained why. But Marv wasn't hearing it. He told Bill to knock it off and that he should know better than to do that. Marv hung up, leaving Bill furious. In Bill's mind, he was just doing what was right for his client. If Jess wasn't going to do her job properly, then he'd do it for her. And now, because she had a thin skin, Bill was in hot water with his brokerage. That's when Bill decided that working with Jess was just too much hassle. He called Carla to let her know the showing fell through. She was upset, which piled on to Bill's own frustrations. Now Bill was out a quick win, and his reputation to Carla was damaged. Not thinking clearly, Bill decided to make one last move. If Jess was going to ruin his reputation with his client, he was going to ruin her reputation with hers. He called up Rav again. 
this time to cancel the showing. When Rav asked why, Bill responded coolly that Jess had filed a complaint against him for setting up the showing and that he was going to take his motivated buyer elsewhere, adding that if Rad had a problem with it, he should talk to Jess. It was done. Bill decided to wash his hands of the whole situation and he got back to work finding a listing for Carla. But it wasn't over. Over the next two weeks, Jess was hit with a deluge of fallout from Bill's calls. First, Rav asked her to cancel their listing contract. Rav was tired of the drama and wanted to go with a different realtor. Jess, frustrated but understanding, agreed. Rav then left a poor review of her services on social media, the first one she had. Then Rav sold his place using a new realtor, and the buyer was one that Jess had found days before Rav had fired her. Jess was originally going to let the fiasco go, take the lump and move on with her business. But this was too much. She consulted with her managing broker on next steps, and the two agreed that she'd file a formal complaint against Bill at the board. Investigation and Consent to Discipline. REBGV's Professional Conduct Committee's investigative panel reviewed the case. They found that Bill had violated Article 20, respecting contractual relationships of the Realtor Code, which states, The agency or other contractual relationship of a registrant shall be respected by all realtors. And three sections of the Rules of Cooperation. Section 6.01, Cooperating Brokerage, which states, Unless otherwise authorized by the seller in writing, communication between cooperating brokerages and the seller must be limited to arranging appointments as designated in the published listing and showing the listed property with appropriate assistance during the term of the listing. Section 6.02, Appointments, which states, Appointments by cooperating brokerages to inspect or show property may not be made directly with the seller unless otherwise specified on the data input form and published listing information. And Section 6.08, Professional Conduct, which states, A member shall not injure falsely or maliciously, directly or indirectly, the reputation, prospects, or business of another member. The Professional Conduct Committee uses concepts of natural justice to determine a fair course of action. In this situation, they looked at Bill's years in the profession, his actions in the case, and the potential reputational damage to both Jess and the profession as a whole. They decided that, in addition to a large fine, the committee ruled that Bill was to attend multiple courses at his own expense to further educate himself on the Realtor Code, the rules of cooperation, and conflict resolution. Preventative Action We sat down with our ethics guy, Kim Spencer, to discuss what Bill could have done differently in this situation. Touch base only notes in the MLS come up every once in a while. Are realtors able to limit the way their colleagues can contact them? No, they are not. They can make a request. Jess was making a request. I think she felt that it was more like an edict, but it is a request. You can't specify how appointments are set up. You can ask. Mm-hmm. Please use TouchBase. Right. So obviously Bill shouldn't have contacted Jess's client, but is there anything he could have done if he believed Jess was being malicious? Yeah, okay. So I've been thinking about this, and the first thing I want to say is, gang, keep your eye on the ball, okay? It's not about you guys. It's about your clients. Right. And sometimes 
things unfold between two members where somebody doesn't want to do something or they think that they shouldn't have to do this particular thing because it's not how they normally do it or it's inconvenient to them or something. But what they're forgetting is that we are the facilitators. We are there to bring people together, get them to their destination, and sometimes you need to do something that actually you'd prefer not to do. Is there any time a buyer's agent can contact the seller directly? Yes. Okay. Newsflash. (laughs) If the listing says that you can contact the seller directly, but only if the listing says that. Right. That's the only instance in which you should be contacting the seller. Okay. So in this case, Jess had gone to her managing broker for support in dealing with Bill's actions. Was this the right thing to do? Is there anything else she could have done? Well, yes. I mean, when you go to your managing broker, that is the expected route if you're going to make a formal complaint or it's something you need some help resolving, but this egg had already been scrambled. So I think what we're left with is just wanting to let Bill know what she thinks. Right. But she wants to keep in mind, hopefully, that there may be a deal there that's to the benefit of her seller. So maybe after the appointment has been set up and the property sold or not sold, she could let Bill know, listen, Bill, you know, you could have, in my opinion, handled this differently. It caused me quite a bit of stress. The reason I use touch base is I'm really busy and it's just easier for me. I hope you can appreciate that. Bill would have had an opportunity to respond by saying, you know what? I really don't like to use technology. I'm an old fashioned in your face kind of guy. So, you know, phone calls are quicker and more direct. That's how I work, but I hear you. It definitely seemed like a little bit of a instance of different working styles clashing against each other. The clash of the generations, (laughs) technology versus belly to belly contact. Right. I mean, you know, this is a little bit neither here nor there. I don't think either are wrong or either are right. I think they're just different. And it's just a shame when difference just can't, uh, be accepted and just moved along for the benefit of the seller or the the client, really. That's why I said keep your eye on the ball. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So Bill's actions may have led to Jess losing out on a commission. Mm. Are there any legal repercussions to actions like this? Well, there's certainly a complaint process repercussion, and this is based on a complaint Mm -hmm. um, with the names changed. So this actually did happen, and there was a breach found by the professional conduct committee by Bill, and he was punished for doing that, for blackening Jess's reputation, Mm -hmm. for going directly to a seller, and just for crossing the line. I mean, Jess's, her hands are not clean, in in my view. It was a request. It wasn't followed. It's not the end of the world. Right. So do you have any advice for members who may be frustrated with unresponsive colleagues? Yes. Try a couple of times. Mm -hmm. Be clear in your message. I wouldn't suggest keeping on calling or touch basing or emailing or texting people because that just annoys some people, not all of them, but you get a stream of them. And Mm -hmm. sometimes that makes it less likely they're going to contact you back. (laughs) I mean, they should contact you back, but human nature being what it is, Mm -hmm. sometimes that results in, you know, a lack of callback. Look, try a couple of times, be professional, say exactly what you need and when you want the appointment. If you're not getting a call back, call the office right? and ask where so-and-so is. Are they away perhaps? Mm-hmm. You know, Is there something going on that, that, that you don't know about? And then if there's no call back, contact your managing broker and ask that the managing broker contact the other member's managing broker to see if we can get a connection. Right. Thank you so much, Kim, for joining us today on Standards Matter, and we will talk to you next time. Thank you very much. Have a great day. 
That's a wrap on Episode 7 of Standards Matter. I've been your host, Andrea Westaway. We plan to regularly produce new segments to engage you in conversations about standards, accountability, and professionalism in real estate. If you have a question for us, reach out on REBGV's member Facebook group or shoot us an email at standardsmatter at rebgv.org. For more information on professionalism, including our conduct and arbitration cases, visit our member website at www.rebgv.ca. On behalf of the Real Estate Board of Greater Vancouver, thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to Standards Matter. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate us and subscribe in your favorite podcast app. Brought to you by the Real Estate Board of Greater Vancouver.